0: Episode 39 of Strange Brow Radio I'm your host, Toad Johnson Thanks for tuning in and subscribing to the channel Without you, well, I'd just be talking to myself inside the airstream Which I guess is probably a stairway to craziness We don't need that Alright, today's guest is Alex Whitcomb of Canada Driftwood artist by day, experiencer by night I'm talking the alien road, we're going to have to go down it and Alex is the man He has had quite the Lifetime Of experiences I would say And some breakthroughs maybe On the show Alex Whitcomb in a moment But thank you to our sponsor Farrell by Aaron Etsy.com Now's your chance Go on to Etsy Like and hit the little heart button They've got all these algorithms are causing all sorts of problems For Etsy sellers and check out Shaman Inspired Drums, Rattles, and Smudge Fans by a great sponsor, Feral by Aaron. Gorgeous stuff. And next, Alex Whitcomb, Experiencer. We'll be right back. Alex Whitcomb, in Canada. An experiencer, lifelong experiencer, with an incredible story and some revelations about maybe why he's been chosen to be an experiencer. And is that even the right name? After you hear Alex's story, maybe that's not the appropriate way you would title what has happened to him, more than an experience. So, keep an open mind. And... I have a feeling this is going to be one of several interviews down the road with our experiencer, for lack of a better term at this moment, Alex Whitcomb. We're here today with Alex Whitcomb in Yield, Canada. How are you doing, Alex?
1: Uh, pretty good, eh? <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing there, Cole? <laughs> that's, that's good. I'm good, man. I'm yeah. good. How are you?
0: He's sipping a can of coconut right next to Rene DeHinden. In a cozy yeah, I, I uh, atmosphere.
1: My- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got a campfire going. Uh, uh, Sunshine shining. Apparently full moon tonight. So, uh, I don't know. Life can't get better.
0: No. Yeah. I forgot. To, uh, we're doing a show on the full moon. That's kind of a big deal uh, across the Yeah, world. we are. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe something special yeah. will happen on the phone. You never know.
1: That. You never know. It has before. <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: So, Alex, uh, you and I started talking on and off here regarding some similar circumstances, and we just kind of communicate off and on uh, you know, throughout the week and kind of check on each other as far as strange activity. And I'd heard you before on strange familiars and wanted to talk to you myself about some of the stuff that had happened to you, but um, I really like to focus in since there's so much. In your toolbox as far as the paranormal is concerned and we could go uh, any which way we decided to focus in mainly on the alien stuff and maybe that's you know my own bias because I'm, I'm curious because there's so many more uh holes in you know the, the swiss cheese world of the ufo lore and I, I feel like these holes are getting filled up a lot quicker than anything else that we're looking at Uh, we're in the wake of disclosure for example slowly but surely we're Mm -hmm. we're coming coming upon it so why don't you walk us through the beginning of uh, your story and just lead us right up to the edge of where you noticed that things were happening specifically to you
1: well okay um i guess my personal story Begins a long time ago, because um, I I had seen lights and odd things in the sky as a kid. Um, my mom, like I think when I was three, saw a full-fledged disc. Um, I think that was 1978 or 79, um, uh, right outside our our uh, farmhouse, just swaying back and forth, full you know, floating leaf motion. Uh, just hovering over the pond there you know um, lights blinking on and off around it I didn't actually know this story Uh, I knew she had some sort of experience but I didn't know this um, until probably about uh, three years ago like the full account and it, you know, I had gone through my experiences in two thousand five, which were incredibly intense and and kind of world shattering. Um, and I, not, I basically said, Mom, how how have you never told me this before? Like are you kidding me? <clears throat> how how am I just learning this for the first time? But uh yeah, I I had seen some odd things in the sky as a kid. Um you know, some broad daylight. Some, I, I was kind of called out to to the lawn to sleep. You know, um, in the lawn at night at uh, at our family home, and, and seeing weird zigzag uh, light in the sky. Uh,
0: well, let's let's go to this moment here where you're called out. What do you mean by that?
1: Um, the I've had this happen again 2005 and and later as well, where you just feel like a, a calling, a pull to go outside and just look at the stars. And every time I, I feel that like pull, it's a very noticeable like pull, especially when you look at it in
2: Rockeller Park
1: um something happens, right? So and I and I've heard this from many other people before. Um uh even in this last year. Um I've met someone uh who lives on Quadra Island as well and she's had that same pull. She just wakes up in the middle of the night and I gotta go outside and oh my God, they're you know, what the hell is that? So um yeah. It's it's yeah, it's, I guess it's a, uh, I guess you could call it a calling, like, hey. You know. But this, well, happened to you to a,
0: this happened to you as a child.
1: Yeah, 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 okay. it did.
0: Yeah. And yeah. so you would just get yeah. up as a child and excuse yourself in the middle of the night from your house, not tell anybody. And would you remember yeah, anything just, once you yeah, got just, out
1: uh, there? Just grab my sleeping bag and, mm-hmm. and go out in the lawn and, uh, and watch the stars and, and, and inevitably like things would show up. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So as far as I know, this phenomenon goes back in my life to as far as I can remember, like, um, I, I think the first, you know, that zigzag one that I saw, I was maybe like, I don't know, eight years old or something. Because so I think we have just moved into that house, um, but it could definitely go back earlier. I mean, my mom had that uh, had that encounter, and she doesn't remember. I asked her. I was like, "Well, what did you do after you saw that?" She's like, oh I, "Oh, I have no idea. I think I I think I probably checked on you kids." <laughs> so okay. it it could go back. You know, pretty much all the way. But I I don't really have any proof of that. But uh, it's uh, it's definitely been a presence in my life. um, So you had you saw sightings
0: throughout your childhood. You had sightings when you were a teenager, and sightings through uh, up till currently, right?
1: Uh, when's the last sighting I had? That must've been like three, three years ago. Okay. Yeah. Three years ago, two huge, huge bright, uh, lights in the sky. Um, um and they, they seemed like they were connected like one craft, um, because that, the, the back one was dimmer and it was blocking out the stars. And yeah, it, uh, <laughs> what an awesome moment! Like I, I came out there specifically to star watch and see if I could see any activity, right? Because I see these blinkers all the time, um, and you're familiar with those, right? Like the flashes in the sky. I mean, you—that's uh, where I heard the term blinkers is, is from right. your, one of your one of your podcasts
0: well it's only because we don't know what else to call them i'm sure on uh, you know yeah planet, planet zipzorp they have a much cooler name than blinkers <laughs> but down <here> on earth <laughs> We, we call them blankers, yeah
1: <laughs> well, i i always, always try to like rationally explain that away as as I do, you know that's the first step is just like, okay, we'll let's see okay if we can just rationally explain this and And I came upon like the notion of uh, space chunk reflecting sunlight and and doing blink, you know big flashes. But some of these flashes are so huge and and they kind of continue and different colors. Um, I even ran into, I was working for a NASA engineer once, and I brought it up to him. I was like, hey, you know, like, I, I know there's satellites, and I know what satellites look like, and, but I've seen this phenomenon in the sky, like these flashes, like, and I know what iridium satellites are. Or, is that what they're called, iridium or abridium? Um I know what they look like. And I described to him what I've been seeing. He's like, I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm shocked so yeah, I, that, no, I,
0: I'm yeah. so shocked that people say they haven't seen these because they're so
1: pronounced and so obvious.
2: So yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and I've brought friends. I've brought you know, I've I, I was living at my friend's house once and. I have seen them in a in a particular spot in the sky. I'm like, text them. Oh my God, there's you know UFOs out here. You got to come out. And uh, and they saw them too. Like it's not like a, a a localized personal phenomenon. And like other people see these, right? And I'm sure you've had the same experience. But but I, I yeah, like I couldn't find I couldn't find a lot of info on 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 the web about this phenomenon. And what I could find was like, oh, it's just space junk. I'm like, well, okay, but yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty damn bright. When you get a flash that looks like, you know, half the intensity of, you know, maybe the sun or something like that. It's like, come on, (laughs) something, something more going on there. Okay, let's let's talk. About, let's
0: go back in time a little bit here. Um, you mentioned your mother's also had these experiences, and maybe, or uh, some of the things you were saying there, made me think maybe that she had some kind of lapse in memory towards her experience. Was that is that what you're picking up on with her?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I think I think there was I think there was more happening, or I feel there was more happening there. Um, particularly because when I went through my experiences in in two thousand five, uh, there was a lot of stuff that I didn't remember. I know it's there, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I just I just couldn't recall it. Whether it's you know my own rational mind blocking stuff out or or whatever or or maybe they're you know doing it uh doing doing the whole memory lapse thing uh but i i know there's i know there's a lot more there i just uh i just can't i just can't recall it because uh every every time most of these times when i would have these experiences and and start to like have that holy shit moment like whoa this is happening it'd be like blackout boom and then wake up the next day and not even recall it right in the morning you know you wake up and just like do your you know brush your teeth go to the washroom start making breakfast and coffee and and then boom boom, all of this stuff goes back Uh, uh like like the whole the whole night comes back but not the whole night, not the whole experience. But what you remember, and and literally, it dropped me. It dropped me to the kitchen floor, like every time, and shaking, crying, like <laughs> it was intense. It was so
0: intense. So okay. So how many times have you blacked out right after a sighting?
1: Um, well, this the the whole blackout thing would be um during my during my encounters uh in two thousand five which would which spanned about uh two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um but uh you know if I if I was to see something in the sky like the blinkers or the or the two big lights or um you know those kind of things there's there's no black out there. Okay. It's uh okay. it's just uh you know go on go on with the normal day.
0: For the normal night, I want to get to 2005 because I, I can tell that those two weeks are something very unique to the rest of the story here. But um, so we have. I want to talk about your family first. You, you have you, you have your mother.
1: Are you, you have brothers and yep.
0: sisters experiencing this too?
1: No, uh, I don't have anybody experiencing this. Uh, okay. As far as I know, I'm kind of kind of the only one. Um, yeah, I have two sisters. Um, they've never experienced anything like this. Uh, I only have the one thing from, uh, the one encounter, um, story from my mom Mm -hmm. in, uh, you know, 78 or 79. And I've kind of pressed for my dad, you know, like, Hey, you know, I go through a lot of stuff. I'm kind of like researching the family, you know, lineage, you know, have you had anything? He just he's just like, no no, I don't know. No. But <laughs> uh yeah, there there he's gone through some weird stuff. Um, not necessarily you know uh paranormal stuff directed to him, but mm-hmm. uh and I think this might be like I'm still researching this. Um he was uh he was involved in the classified project. Unclassified and classified project, funded by the uh, uh, U.S. Air Force, down in uh, down at Catalina Island in 1977, involving Ingo Swann, Hella Hamid, and apparently I just teased this out of him uh, like two months ago. Um, uh, two other psychics, a Russian psychic, and and he didn't go into the other one um but it was uh, the the main unclassified project was uh psychic uh like a psychic sea quest so he like was a, the, he, he was a he part
0: had, of like a remote viewing uh
1: yeah yeah pre up in the
0: seventies and catalina as a
1: he was a part of the canadian yep.
0: air force down there
1: uh no he was a submersible pilot so okay he was uh yeah. he was operating the uh the small submersible that uh um, that they were using to go verify this information that uh, uh, Ingo Swan and Hella Hammett had had uh, uh, remote viewed, right? Okay. Um, yeah, uh, Dale Graf was the uh, liaison with the Air Force. That's where the funding came from. Um, uh, uh, Russell Targ, uh, Hal Putoff from SRI. Um, I think they devised uh they came up with the the experiments uh along with no. Dale Graff. So I uh, we, we,
0: well let's wait a second here. Hal Putoff here. Tell people I know who this is just based upon um Tom DeLong and to the Stars Academy. If anybody's following what's going on with UFO disclosure and Tom DeLong yeah. and Hal Putoff, Hal Putoff was one of the real uh groundbreakers as far as the science behind remote viewing and so your dad is immersed in something extremely top secret at this point
1: yes extremely top secret yeah yeah yeah, totally uh it's declassified now um and really i only i only learned about the unclassified project um, when my mom told me her story, her full, full story, I was like, what about that? And he's like, oh, well, she, yeah, yeah, he was on uh, yeah, that program in search of with, uh, what's his name, uh, um, uh, Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Are, no. you, are you kidding me? <laughs> wow. So there's an, epi- there's an episode called Psychic Sea Quest where you can see the whole thing, the whole, un- uh, uh, the unclassified project. Mm-hmm. um and it was so funny to see like it was so funny to watch that i was like holy crap but uh after doing my interview with um jason Horsley earlier this year mm-hmm. um he one of the things he was kind of poking at me was is is there any military involvement in your family?" Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, "No, no, like you know my granddads were were in World War two it's like really okay do you do you live around a military base? uh yeah you know, I've lived around Comox military base for fifteen years, but that's just you know Canadian <laughs> forces like and uh it kind of stuck with me that that uh that notion of of military involvement." and i i ne- i had never done really any research into this before so one night i'm sitting around the campfire i've been uh, camping outside for like 4 months um this year and uh, it's given me a lot of like reflection time and that kind of popped up in my head oh okay yeah what about uh what about uh you know what my dad was involved in in search of like who funded that project so i go on deep dive and figure out its project deep quest um it was the the experiment that kicked off another 20 years of uh, military u.s military funding into remote viewing and 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 psychic research um especially involving uh uh, targ and 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 i was just blown away <laughs> I was like okay yeah that's a pretty big military involvement there in my family and it has to do with you know psychic uh psychic research and remote viewing so yeah there's a definite uh connection there i'm still i'm still trying to pull threads and and do the research on this and mm-hmm. see if there's any see if there's any you know direct involvement into you know, um, like how this ties into my experiences throughout life, but i I do have a I do have a a a hunch, let's say. <laughs> right, and I my know dad that. is. Go ahead, sorry. My dad is still super cagey about it. Like, a, a, you know, a couple months ago, like when I asked him about it uh, at dinner, he came up here for dinner, and and I kind of brought it up, and and he, oh, he's just like immediately on the you know, closed up on the defensive and like, you know, emotionally and mentally. And I'm, <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, like <laughs> let's, uh, let's see the goods. Right. But he's. I don't think, I don't think he's talking. I think he's still kind of under that kind of classified notion. So, yeah. yeah well, and do you know, he, deal... he'll, he'll do the excuse. Sorry, what's that? Well, I was going to ask, is he,
0: Still think it's a classified project that he can't talk about. Is that what he's trying to do?
1: I yeah, he probably hasn't looked at at it for like since uh, since way back when. So mm-hmm. and and I did tell him, I'm like, oh come on, Dad, you can talk about this now. Look, like, it's it's declassified. Like you know, I like, just oh, oh so long ago. It's like oh, I know, I yeah. Know, <laughs> I know you know some thing i know you know something yeah so it, it may come about where he you know he, well, uh, i
0: I remember listening to interviews with Ingo Swan circa you know probably the art bell days and he would talk about something of a bleed over effect when they would remote view he said when you you know when you're viewing at something things can view back at you because you basically open this doorway to try to get to your target but there's other other things that are out there watching you as well and that part was always unnerving you know not only as a listener to hear about but I could tell that uh, Ingo is a little bit you know apprehensive too but um, I that, that do you think that has something to do with the amount of sightings you've had
1: I think that has something to do. I mean, like I'm, I'm the only one in the family that that has this and I'm like, I've got a lot, like I've got so many experiences and it just seems a little. Okay. Let's yeah. It, it just seems too tied in. Like there's a huge tie in there and it it feels to me that um like i was I was one year old at the time that um uh my dad went down for those classified and de- uh, unclassified projects um, so i was I was just a just a wee babe right mm-hmm. and I'm thinking that I got noticed somehow, and that may have contributed to something i'm still i'm still i'm still parsing things out right like like i really just learned this information like a couple months ago
0: so okay yeah. uh, let me ask you some off the road questions here were you ever mm-hmm. um in the foster care system for any kind of time or I've, in a care facility? No, I was not. nothing like that
1: no okay no i've already looked into that
0: yeah okay yeah um, so you haven't been removed for any you know no, certain amount of time no. and, and messed with.
1: No, no. Okay. No, Is it's it, not, uh, it's not like a streamer story or anything. <laughs> it's I, I, no, I that didn't happen. So.
0: What about, um, nightmares, nightmares that aren't nightmares.
1: Nightmares that aren't nightmares.
0: Yeah. Uh, vivid dreams. Give, things me, give that me a little, were, oh yeah you
1: know <laughs>
0: sleep paralysis oh, with had, the vivid dreams
1: i've had vivid dreams since i was a kid like like insanely vivid dreams and a lot of um a lot of uh, repeating dreams like mm-hmm. very very intense repeating dreams uh one i've had specifically since i was a kid was uh looking up at all the stars in the sky and to me they're just stars and then they start to move coalesce dance all over the sky and and i know something huge is happening like a a just like a massive shift has taken place and that one's that one's been uh i haven't had that dream probably for about 10 years or so but uh mm-hmm. it, it it has been through my life uh, um as a as a repeating dream for sure so that's one of the that's one of the notable mm-hmm. ones but yeah yeah my dreams are insane like uh, I I can't even tell you like I I can't even write them down because the the amount of information that's encoded in these dreams like symbology and and connections and it uh, it's it's just too much for to to translate back mm-hmm. into the physical world right Well,
0: are you dreaming of things that uh, are coded? Are you dreaming of code? Are you dreaming of language? Are you dreaming of information data?
1: um no no i i would i would explain it more as symbology that i that i can't quite understand
2: okay give us i
1: I understand i I understand it in the in the in the dream awareness but Mm -hmm. when when i when i get back to physical reality that 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 symbology kind of dissolves right okay
0: it makes sense there but it doesn't make sense
1: here yeah it makes sense there it makes complete sense there but it doesn't make Complete sense here there's like there um mm-hmm. just a, a veil drawn up that you can't really mm-hmm. you know maybe maybe if i maybe if I was more practiced a, um, a dream practitioner mm-hmm. i could I could maybe kind of parse these things out and and tease some tease some knowledge from them um, but yeah well now knowing that your own
0: father, flesh and blood was involved. With something like remote viewing, which is a technique that can be learned, is that something that you've yeah. ever thought about looking into
1: yourself? Uh, well, I think I kind of do it naturally, okay like I've kind of done it all my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it's precog or remote viewing um, i I have seen these places. You know, I've gone to these places in dreams, have a full dream there, and then they, they show up. And this happened this happened as well in my 2005 experiences, uh, very vividly, um, where I, I know I, I have never, ever been to these physical locations. And yet I know intimate details about these locations prior to prior to that. So whether that's precog or whether that's remote viewing or whether it's kind of a mix, um, you know, I, I I don't know. OK, give us an example
0: of a location.
1: Um, let's see. OK, I had this uh, dream probably about two years ago. Um, where I was in the basement of this house and there was a little girl there, except she was like a corpse, but animated. Um, uh, She took notice and was kind of following me around the entire dream. And I really remember this, like, like, I don't think she could speak because she showed me that she had no tongue because she put her like whole hand up through her the middle of her jawbone and stuck her fingers out her out of her like mouth right oh my god that was that yeah i know it was very uh it was very very vivid and i was like whoa um and so we traveled around the outside of this house um big blue house white trim Uh, deck, porch, right by a river, the road is curved, yada, 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 the dream goes on, the dream goes on, and, uh, you know, I wake up the next day, I was like, oh, wow, that was a really, like, wild dream. Uh, A few months later, I'm delivering a sculpture down in, uh, oh, what's the town? I can't even remember the town's name right now. Uh, It's near Ladysmith on Vancouver Island and uh i so i delivered the piece and i was like oh i've never been here before i want to like check this out because I, I i didn't even know about this t- little community down here it's right by the ocean i want to kind of check out and see if there's what down there too and uh <clears throat> literally like <laughs> like drive by this house and search my brakes and go holy shit that's the house from my dream exactly and i know i've never been there before but uh there it was and i like i was so tempted to like walk up to the door and knock on the door but like yeah strange guy driving by just decides to you know rap on someone's door and say hey i'm interested in your house i had a dream about it. no no that, that doesn't fly with a lot of people so
0: right do you uh, do you have I, a
1: I decided uh, not to you
0: yeah. have a girl with a missing <laughs> jaw that sticks her hand up at you know just yeah, regular exactly. questions like that,
1: yeah, yeah, regular question, <laughs> hi, I was just wondering if uh you know right. uh, if there was ever a death of a little girl in the basement here or something you know <laughs> no, no, so just yeah, I let that one slide, but that's that's an example I mean there's so many that go back you know to my to my youth. Um, but that's a
0: huge yeah. moment i mean that's a that's just an example that's that's a huge example really and everyone's had glimpses of this but you're saying that this is a regular thing that you do i mean when you dream they they lead somewhere they're they're random yeah, they lead, to a point yeah. but then they're yeah. kind of time stamped for a a future event
1: for a future event exactly okay. yeah and like I said, whether that's precognition or retro causality or or remote viewing, mm-hmm. I'm kind of leaning toward the remote remote viewing aspect mm-hmm. of it um, because I have um, yeah I've I've done a lot of out of body work um, uh, starting in 2002, uh, um, and yeah, I think that might have something to do with it. So.
0: Yeah. Okay, so you were already having astral projection on top of these precog dreams.
1: Yeah, the precog dreams or or remote viewing dreams happened like way way back. Mm-hmm. I've never had sleep paralysis though until 2002, um, and that that was kind of the kickoff to to the whole 2005 experiences. Um, uh, me and my then girlfriend, uh, who became my wife pretty soon after that, were renting our first house, um, and we were avid like nature explorers, and and we were really into mushrooms at the time. You know, we'd go out and pick mushrooms to eat, chanterelles and morels and whatever is around here, and we stumbled across a patch of uh, liberty caps, um, and we were like, oh, my God, hallucinogens. Hey, do you want to do, do, do some hallucinogens? So we picked these things. But it was such a meager score. Like, these Liberty Caps are not like like the other Silas They're just tiny, tiny little things. When we dried them out, they were just like, you know, a handful. Not even. And so we made some tea out of them. And, and we didn't feel anything, like, obviously. It was just so... Such a tiny, tiny little amount. I mean, yeah, we're not going to feel anything off that. Um, I had experimented with uh, mushrooms for a couple times, you know, as a teenager, but it wasn't on this kind of intent. You know, it was just kind of a party thing, and um, but we we were very respectful of of what we found and, and kind of honored it. Um, but we didn't feel any hallucinogenic effects. And basically we, we just like, Oh, okay, well, I guess we'll do something else. And she went and read on the couch and I went to lay on the bed and, and uh, to read. And while I'm lying there, these waves started coming over me. Like they would start at my feet and go all the way up to the top of my head. And it was like a, <laughs> uh, felt like electric, but more dense. Um, kind of like a, a really fast cloud of like bees or flies, like just going through your body. And, uh, I was like, "Oh, whoa, what is that?" <laughs> Cuz I thought that I thought it was like, you know, uh, something from the mushrooms, like maybe a after effect or something, even though we didn't feel anything. But from then on, uh every time I would go to go to sleep, lay my head down, these vibrations would start to like rock through my body. So I was very curious. I was, I was like super curious. I'm like, "Okay, what is this?" you know? Like I don't think this is some kind of medical condition I have to be worried about. i was just like, what is this? And it wasn't too long after that I came across like a encyclopedia of the paranormal. I think it was called, uh, that, a uh, that a friend gave me, uh, lent me. And I was just going through that, going through that. And I came upon out of bodies, out of body experiences. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, reading the information, oh, often out-of-body experiences are are precluded by um, vibrations that course through the body. It's like, oh, well, maybe that's it. All right, well, if that's it, I'm going to see if I can take this further because, I mean, I've had flying to have an out-of-body where I could just be, like, lucid and, like, go flying, which, like, what an awesome, awesome experience that would be. Uh, so, yeah, I started to experiment with uh, with this technique. Um, I guess I tried to pull a, a lot of uh, intent behind um, holding these vibrations in my body because they would always just, like, pass through, pass through, pass through. So I envisioned... Like um, the vibrations as a baseball that I would catch. And that worked. So I caught them in my body, but then I was like stuck in this per- paralytic state, right? Um, and it would just be like, and I couldn't move. I was like totally freaked out because um, I had never had sleep paralysis before and i was totally freaked out i i was tried to like yell to my to my uh my significant other at the time wake her up cuz i'm i'm like freaking out because i'm paralyzed uh eventually it passed and i was like you know the next day i told her what happened and she was like oh yeah that's that's really cool um so i despite the the initial fear of 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 that i i was still so curious i'm like well yeah okay i you know i still want to go out of body so if this is the doorway to out of body let's let's do this thing (laughs) um and uh i applied more intent um and eventually one time i was laying in bed I was in that paralytic stage. The vibrations are like held in my body. I'm just like out of body,
2: out of body, out of body, out of body, out of body,
1: and just like popped right out of body, like from the ankles, like, like, like I don't know those old movies where you see Dracula rising, a cryptic, Mm -hmm. yeah, and uh, found myself at the foot of the bed, totally amazed, like holy shit i did it and as soon as i said holy shit i did it you know like i'm back in bed in normal physical reality so uh yeah i i was pretty stoked on that I was, okay all right let's uh let's go forward for, uh, with this and the next time i did it i i fully got out of body and flew around the house um you know played with my dog um and it just, I kept on experimenting with it for about uh, three years. And it was awesome. Like, like I, I, I miss those days. I really do. I, I can't do it anymore. Um, I got some hurdles and trauma to sort out before I can get back there. Right.
0: Well, what's fascinating, too, is you say you're playing with your dog. So your dog is totally aware of this moment.
1: Well, whether it's my physical dog or the astral version of my dog. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, he's totally aware. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I want to talk to you about 2005. Um, let's take a break here. We'll pause for a commercial and we'll be right back with Alex Whitcomb.
2: Hmm.
0: All right, we're back with Alex Whitcomb here. And Alex, we we started off uh, getting to know you and your story as far as seeing things in the sky that uh, seemed abnormal. You found out that your father had this incredible uh, history with uh, mind, well, not mind control, but with remote, remote viewing, possibly mind control, along with remote viewing. They might've mixed the two uh, together. Um, and then, of course, your sleep paralysis and your out-of-body experiences. And we hinted at this year, 2005. And so let's, let's start with what happened and when you noticed things were going to kind of ramp up or just give us your best recollection of 2005.
1: Okay. Well, it was the summer of 2005. I was in between um, my years in art school. And I had been doing out of body training for probably about three years, almost four years at this point, Um, getting quite good at it, um, you know, from my perspective, my standards. Uh, And one thing I would, I really liked to do was make these training grounds. Um, I would, uh, when I would get out of body, I would, I don't know, not even construct. I would just envision these these massive, like, buildings, huge, tall buildings, almost Tetris-style, like skyscrapers, but the inside was entirely hollow. Um, black walls, but with a green grid on everything. And I would practice flying. That That's the main object, uh, or the main... The main uh, objective of of creating these these environments was to to practice flying and and have fun doing it I loved it i mean the feeling of flying is just like it's it's just pure joy and uh that's that's one of the things that i i was uh i just loved about being in the astral it was you you left all your earthly worries behind. It was just pure joy. You're flying. You're just totally carefree. Um, but that was soon to change. Um, so as I'm flying through this, uh, you know, Star Trek deck ish kind of skyscraper, um, I notice something. And I'm looking down. I was like, there's something there. There's something looking at me. Something is looking at me. And I'm like being paid total attention to. I'm uh, like, well, I got to go see what that is. <laughs> Who's watching me? What is watching me? And so I fly down. And just, be, just before I get to the, to the grid there, uh, my eyes pop open in physical reality. I was like, "Whoa, that's weird. That's never happened before." I I normally like have pretty good control of uh, of when I actually want to come back out of out of out of body and and back into physical life because I just say, "Oh, open your eyes," and open my eyes and and uh, I'm back in bed. And then I can go to sleep um so oh, uh, well, let's see here, so I thought that was weird um and notable, but it's one of those things where you just put on the shelf, okay, you know, write that down, put it on the shelf um, but the next night um. I had a dream, and this is in dream awareness. I wasn't very lucid. Um, So, you know, dream awareness. Pretty foggy, and, you know, things are... It's kind of like a movie, right? You're just like almost an actor in a movie. Um, I hear a knock at the door. I get up from my bed. I fly to the... To the front door open the front door and there's a four foot tall gray standing there um down the steps um we were a second story house so he was down the down the front steps and he didn't actually like speak with his mouth but i he was hey oh uh, sorry to bother you sir um having some trouble with my craft i was wondering if i could come in and if you could help us and at that moment i envisioned his craft like i felt his craft on the roof disc shaped just like perched on the top of the our our uh, house roof there and i was just like oh yeah sure come on in come on in you yeah, know do uh you know yeah yeah whatever you need whatever you need um and that's all i remember about that dream Wake up the next day. Oh, yeah, that was a weird dream. I dreamt about this alien at the front door. Um, and then the next night, after that, um, I awake to find myself in the paralytic um, uh, stage. So I can't move. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm all geared up at this point for an out-of-body. I'm like, yeah, it's out-of-body time. You know, I wake up in the middle of the night. I got the buzzing. I'm, I'm like, ready to, ready to go. So I try to get out of body. And at this point, I'm like, like, I know how to do it, right? But I find I can't. I'm like, what? what's going on here? What's going on? I can't. Like, there's this blockage, this stoppage. And then I notice that there's something to the right of me on my side of the bed like with all of its attention at me, like pointed, like, wow. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sleeping on my left side towards my partner. Uh, and I have my back towards this thing, but I can feel it. I can feel it looking at me. You know, when you're like, when you can feel someone looking at you right. in realize. physical life you know times that by 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 20 or something like that Just like you know something's like right there and i'm like i gotta i gotta know what this is hey kirby settle down man (laughs) sorry i'm like i gotta know what this is i gotta know what this is what is this something's looking at something right by the bed and i'm still paralyzed at this point Wanna go inside? Nope. Come on. Sorry, just putting my dog in. In you go. go.
0: Maybe Kirby's picking up on something.
1: Okay. So, um, oh, still doing the interview. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah.
0: Okay, where were they? Okay, you felt the, the the, uh, the deep the, the deep feeling someone's watching
1: you. Yes, yes. Some, something is watching me. Something is right there by the bed. I can't see it, um, but I can feel it intensely. So I mustered up all of my intent to break out of the paralysis, and that was a lot of will to do that um cuz i'd never actually like done that before i you know whenever i was in paralysis mode it was always a gateway there was always a doorway to out of body so why would i why would i go the other way um but very very hard to to break out of the paralytic um uh uh paralysis so i eventually did and when i did i snapped out of it and flung myself over. and When I flung myself over, my arm flew over and landed on a little wrist that promptly took off out of the bedroom. And then I blacked out. So there's one of those blackout stages. Um, Went to sleep. Woke up the next day didn't remember it until you know in the kitchen and uh and then it all came flooding back to me and like I said before I like I just dropped to to my knees in in the kitchen and started shaking crying I was like holy shit my uh, my you know partner's there and she's like whoa what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong I was like holy like I didn't I had this thing, and I touched its wrist. It was by the bed. Um, Claire, my partner at the time, was incredibly supportive of uh, of my experiences during this time. Um, She's very open minded person, and uh, but still, like two weeks of that stuff, and it was getting it was getting a little. Much for both of us, especially because I wasn't sleeping and she wasn't sleeping and yeah, so um yeah, anyways, uh so that continued pretty much every night there was uh there was three nights where i the only three three nights that I knew something didn't happen is when I woke up and didn't basically cry in the uh, in the morning. Um, I woke up in the, uh, in the morning and I was like, and I knew like they had left me alone. Um, it was very, and those, those were like, just like, oh, moments.
2: <laughs>
1: I don't know if I thought, I can't remember if I thought, oh, maybe it's over. I don't think I did, but, but it's nice to have a, a bit of a break from, from that kind of, uh, wow. I wouldn't call it assault, but uh, that kind of unknown mm-hmm. goings on. Um, so yeah, uh, the next night uh, after the wrist thing, uh, I found myself in the paralytic stage again, and I could feel them uh, right there uh, again. Um, so the the first one, the first one that came to the door, I call. I call the inquisitor. He was just like um, inquiring, you know. Hey, can we come in? You know, and you, you hear that a lot in uh, other other sorts of phenomenon, black-eyed children and, and whatnot. Yeah uh, let's let's talk prompt.
0: let's let's talk about the inquisitor. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. so you look down the stairway, you see the entity already in the house. At that
1: point, no, no, he he's outside of the house. He's like, okay, he's like three three steps down on our on our on our landing. Okay, so and, outside the uh, door,
0: outside the door, and you open yeah, the door, and
1: the door. okay, yeah. And
0: how do you yeah, know that there. someone's? How do you know someone's at the door?
1: I just got up, and I think I heard a doorbell or something oh. or a knock on the door. I don't even think we had a doorbell. No just a knock on the door. I just got up and like went to the door. Okay. And, and this is out of body too, or not out of body, but it's, it's dream. It's a dream Dream state. state. Dream awareness.
0: And do you, do you question whether or not this was a dream or do you think it was a dream?
1: Um, as opposed to what, uh, dream versus out of body or dream versus, um, physical life
0: well right is this a, is this a moment that you're processing as a dream because it's too crazy
1: i think probably yeah yeah because I, I there's this for me there's this spectrum you know there's like this you know you go from little dreams and processing your daily life you know you know um mm-hmm what happened at work today and then you get into bigger dreams. And I think it's just all one big swath, one big spectrum, mm-hmm. you know, little be little dreams, big, big dreams, lucid dreams, you know, astral travel and, and it was beyond, you know? Mm-hmm. So once the inquisitor um, asked, I, you- I don't, re- I don't really want to separate them. I just want to like clarify that I was in dream awareness, which is like, you know, uh, okay. uh, that, that, typical like you're just kind of running through the dream and you don't really have any choices yeah
0: once once this inquisitor asks you for help with something that could be seen as advanced technology on this roof of your house uh are you perplexed over why something would need your help with advanced tech
1: (laughs) absolutely not at the time no Uh no but looking
0: looking back that sounds pretty you know flabbergasted i would think
1: well it just sounds just sounds like a like a way to get in you know because okay. i'm a, I'm a pretty i'm a pretty altruistic person like that if someone needs help you know someone's stuck on the side of the road i'm obviously gonna like pull over and see if i can lend my assistance so it's mm-hmm. it's kind of in my nature to 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 do that you know, so maybe maybe these these beings, these entities, were they they had already sussed out that you know that's kind of intrinsic intrinsic in my nature, and that's just an easy in for them. And okay, I don't so, know their motives.
0: So at this point, though, motives. when they ask you for help, you, you you don't have any memory past the point where you said, "I'll I'll offer you help." No. Okay. No, no memories. And nothing's come back to you in over 10 years since then, getting close to 14 no. years now.
1: Okay. 14 years? No. Yeah. Okay. No, no. But I I know, <laughs> I know there's more there because my body tells me that there's a lot more unprocessed information. Um, mm-hmm. I can feel it. You know, when I was first talking to Tim about this, that's still an unreleased segment of, of the episode. Um, I was, yeah, I, I kind of, I went right back to it and yeah, it shook me and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty intense. It's the most, that's the most trauma I've ever been through in my life. And that's, that's only the stuff that I remember. So how,
0: how much detail do you have surrounding what the inquisitor looked like?
1: Typical gray. Typical gray. Okay. And when said... I say typical gray, I'll, I'll say, you know, the, the, uh, yeah, he, he was, you know, the skinny limbs, um, um, very, very, very thin facial features, you know, like the mouth and the nose, uh, no ears, large head. Uh, black almond eyes
0: mm-hmm. and alone yeah. nobody else nobody else with him
1: no no and i couldn't sense anybody else in the craft too so
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was just it was just the one
0: and did yeah. you say you even sensed what the shape of the craft was like
1: yeah disc, disc shape like mm-hmm. classic disc shape mm-hmm. but i couldn't I couldn't actually see it. I just knew it was on the roof. And I don't know, maybe if it was actually there, maybe I was remote viewing at the time. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, I knew what it looked like. Right.
0: Yeah. Do you have any memory at all of being taken in any way, shape or form? Or do you want to know?
1: What do you mean taken this? Uh,
0: well, I mean, were you abducted? Would, do you feel like there
1: was any kind of... No, uh, no. I think it was all like physically... In terms of like physically abducted, I no. No. I don't oh, think so.
0: But I'm kind of shocked at the way you just say no, no, no. You never even toy around the idea that they're borrowing you occasionally?
1: Hmm. Well, perhaps I'd never thought about it till this point because I was so almost entrenched with the idea that this was this was all out of body. This was all uh, in this other, other plane of awareness.
0: Right. And but then you, you really, have a, I, you
1: know,
0: you have a dream, right. Of reaching over and touching something. So yeah, there's a physical yeah. ramification to this too, right?
1: Yes, there is physical ramifications. I mean, it shows up later. Um yeah, I had marks. Okay, let's cool. talk about let's talk about that. What
0: do you mean you had marks?
1: Okay. Uh let's see. Well, I kind of want to do the uh if it's okay, I'd rather do the um kind of chronological order. Sure. Yeah, yeah, cuz that gets into the nurse. And okay. and yeah. there's there's still there's still more about Um, like there's, there's scouts, like the inquisitor is the first one, the scouts are the next, The the one that had, that I touched the wrist of, Mm -hmm. I I call those, I call that the scout. Right. Okay. And so the next night after the wrist thing, um, I woke up paralyzed and they were, I was on my left side again, or no, I was on my back and I felt them like roll me up onto my, onto my left side. And I couldn't do anything. I'm totally freaked out at this point. And I knew they were doing something on my back, but there was no, like, physical sensation. I just knew that they were, like, I don't know, maybe just examining me, just, like, taking me in or something. Um, yeah, and uh, and then there was the whole succubus uh, um, time where... Uh, I woke up I, I thought I was in a great sex dream right and uh, and I knew it was a sex dream i was like yeah and uh, <laughs> i'm laying I'm laying down and uh, and you know there's this woman on top of me and uh, I'm like okay and so I reached my hands up to to um, uh, to her breasts but when I reached when I feel her breast, it's like hard and like scaly. I can still feel that right now. That is so weird.
2: <laughs> I mean, this was
1: 14 years ago. I can still feel that feeling. That is screwed up. Um, and as soon as I, this is, and this is, this is one of the points where I kind of uh, expressed agency. Um, uh, as soon as I realized that, no, this wasn't a sex dream. This is one of them. I grabbed it around the neck and pulled it down towards my chest and held it there. And while I'm holding it there, I'm yelling for my wife at the time, Claire. And I'm like, Claire, 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 Claire. And uh, as I'm doing this, um, you know how, like, when you're when you're splicing video together digitally, and they give you all these like um, transitions, like a right. cross dissolve. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it was like that. So so if you're looking at one scene and it cross dissolves into the next, that's what it kind of was. Like I felt myself like totally holding this being. And then it just totally cross-dissolved to me clutching my fists and my arms against my chest, like, as hard as I can. But beforehand, while I'm clutching this being, I'm yelling, Claire, Claire, Claire. And when I, you know, after the cross dissolve, I hear myself going, Claire, Claire, Claire. (laughs) It's totally strained, like hilarious um paralysis voice um but the funny thing is she was having a dream at the same time where she was in a at a concert in a crowd so she was at the front of the crowd and she was enjoying this concert and uh from the back of the crowd she hears
2: holy air, holy air.
1: <laughs> wow uh, it kind of became a running joke uh, between us. Uh, we had, we had fun with that, so it was, it was a little bit of humor <laughs> right.
0: within
1: within the two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And she was at a Succubus yep. Rock concert, so that's super yeah. ironic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <totally>. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, there. Okay, uh, that that leads us out. Uh, so we got In- uh, Inquisitor Scout, and then the Succubus, and and But, uh, uh, but wait,
0: now we have Claire. Right, we, let's talk about yeah. Claire. Claire, Claire, Claire's your girlfriend. She she wants to be there for Alex, uh, you know, during his time of need. Yeah. But yeah, this, this is, is, my this, wife. is yeah. this is getting intense. I mean, super intense. Mm-hmm. Super intense. Super intense.
1: Yeah, yeah. And but so,
0: is she, mean, is, are things like wearing been, thin with her? Is are moments wearing thin with Claire? Is it? Is I, it? Are you? Is there well, friction I, starting I, I, to develop develop?
1: No, no. Like after, uh, during the first weeks, like she was really like concerned, obviously. Um, but she was very curious as well and fascinated, uh, cause she's had her own set of crazy experiences throughout her life. Uh, not like this, but she, she definitely knew that something was going on and to, to pay attention and, and offer support. Right. Uh, but you know, a week and a half goes by and I'm not sleeping at all. I'm dreary. I can barely even work. Um, I'm just, I'm fed up. Um, and she's tired too because what I'm doing at night is huddling like super close to her and not going to sleep so she she you know we both have our own like space in the bed but i'm invading her space so she's not getting her rest she's not getting her um um yeah it, it, and it starts to affect her day and she she starts to get tired mhm so um yeah
0: so it's it's putting stress on the relationship it is. to some degree yeah like, yeah you know?
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Like a week and a half later, it's 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 definitely it's definitely stressed us both out.
0: So there's For like sure. re- resentment of building up over or the stress over I don't, I don't, feeling.
1: I don't think there's any any resentment uh, on on her end. Um, I I think she's just like, you know, I'm kind of tired of this. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right? You know, maybe we could do something about it. Or yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but you're getting—you must be getting more angry at the phenomena.
1: Hell yeah, hell yeah! Because it's totally disrupting my my daily life and my and my nightly life, mm-hmm. right? And you know, prior to this, these experiences, I you know, I I'd always been curious in aliens, but I was always on the ETH kind of nuts and bolts kind of idea. And this just, this just threw me for a freaking loop like kind of mind shattering you know it was it's nothing like i thought an alien encounter would be you know you see a you see a light in the sky oh this craft comes down you know that door opens and these three beings walk out and you know yeah you know those kind of stories going back way way far and uh it was so it was so different and so unknown and and i think that's why it uh it kind of rocked me so hard and because i was rocked so hard I, and and claire's an empath as well so she mm-hmm. she has she had already been she had obviously been picking up on all of my stuff as well uh all of my emotions and 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 fear and trauma so uh, uh we were a very very connected couple and uh, almost to the point of well yeah literally to the point of like knowing what each other was going to say you know next even if even if it was just the, the most outlandish thing mm-hmm. um so yeah I, yeah now that i'm looking back at that like yeah she was probably soaking up a lot of stuff just mm-hmm. from just just energetically and uh, yeah, I can see why she was getting fed up and and getting tired as and, much but as I was. She's not
0: she's not getting visited at all at this point.
1: No, no, okay. no. It was just just focused on me. She, no, no. As far as far as, as far as she knows, the only thing that really you know came about of this uh, regarding her experience was the whole Hilaire dream. So yeah.
0: Now is she seeing phenomena at all? Is she seeing lights at the same time you're seeing lights? is she experiencing anything like apparitions ghostly activity
1: no nothing no, like that no okay. the the one night the one night actually this was um uh, this was one of the nights where it was um i didn't have anything happen like I, the next morning i i didn't have anything happen um I wake up at like two, two thirty or something, and I have this pole to go outside, like I was telling you about earlier. I have this pole to go outside and watch the stars. And I kind of nudged her to sleep uh, awake, and I was like, "Hey Claire, 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 you want to go? Uh, do you want to go? Um, do you want to go watch the stars? We'll get a glass of wine and sit on the sit on the porch, and it's a beautiful summer night." So she was like, "Yeah, yeah, I would like that." So we're out there, and uh, I don't know, within two minutes, three minutes, um, I focused my attention on this one star. I was like, what is the deal with that star? What's going on? Like, it just looks like a star in the sky, right? What? I don't know, there's something going on with the star. I'm not verbalizing this to Claire. I'm looking up at the star that has something kind of like what what's going on with this star you know and as i'm thinking that it just like starts to move very slowly to the right and just talk behind a cloud and it doesn't come out and i was like oh my god that star just moved <laughs> but she
0: didn't see it yeah you know? yeah but she was there and she she missed the opportunity to see what you saw but so she's, she's not experiencing there. any of this
1: She's not experiencing any of this.
0: No. So she's no, just control. experiencing the after effect of you having these experiences the entire time. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. well, that I mean that's incredibly yeah. frustrating for you.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Yeah. And and I'm see, I'm feeling bad I don't want this stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. You know it's you know I don't, I don't want to be like sidled up to her and and in bed and like like you know clinging on to her like awake all night i, I you know that's that's not cool <laughs> I, i'd rather just be like sleeping on my side of the bed and like, like nice and content when we both get up and have a you know we've had a nice night's rest and go about our day but this mm-hmm. is happening to me and and you know i i i, I did feel bad for her yeah right yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we went through the inquisitor and then the scout and then the succubus and then what happened?
1: Um the nurse. Um again, I find myself in dream awareness. Um and I find myself in this circular waiting room. Uh there's a kind of a three-quarter circle of like brown leather seats couches and i'm sitting on the one end i can see a couple doors ahead of me across the three quarter circle there's another guy there um, like a younger like asian guy and just sitting there with his like, hands on his knees hands on his lap right like i'm doing we're just both sitting there with our hands on our lap and from behind me uh, this six foot tall um, nurse, um, very exaggerated features, large head, large eyes, small mouth, skinny limbs, uh, and dressed in like a like a cartoon nurse uniform, like y- you'd see in the Looney Tunes or whatever, back in the day, uh, like a 1950s kind of style. And she leans over, she puts her she puts her hand on my, sh- her left hand on my shoulder and leans into my right and holds out her hand. She's like, okay, it's time for a haircut now. And dream awareness. I'm like, okay, haircut time. So I follow her into um, the doors that are there and it opens up into what looks like an office. Uh, like a waiting room office space um over to the left i can see a curved like um wooden desk with uh stone facing on the bottom and then behind that there's a there's a tall like chimney-esque thing uh it's all the same stone uh there's a picture window um uh to the right um which displays the Comarch Gliese, which is where I was living at the time was uh, Comox Valley, so you could see across the estuary, and you could see the. It's a very iconic um, uh, image of that uh, place here. And then to the right, there's two rooms. So there's there's one, two. She leads me into the second room, and there is a, a table there. It's like a massage table, um, you know, with the round like face hole. You put your face in and, and lay down on your, on your stomach for a back massage. She's like, okay, lay down. Um, it's time for your haircut. I'm like, yeah, okay, haircut time. And so I lay down, and she takes out this thing. Um, it's like a clamp thing. So it's got one, I don't know, like four-inch circular metal thing in the center, and then two bars coming out either side and then these kind of circular handles uh, on the ends, I guess all in all, it's probably like a foot long. And she clamps it onto the back of my neck. And at this point I'm like, well, this is a weird haircut. (laughs) I've never had a haircut like this before. (laughs) And, And that's all I remember about that one. And then I wake up the next day, I remember the dream, I was like, Oh yeah, okay, that was a weird dream. And um but at least they didn't, you know, come get me last night. And I yeah. You know, 'Cause I was it's still dream awareness. And it doesn't it didn't really affect me trauma wise in the morning. Um but I I was uh landscaping at that time i was doing a landscaping job and uh in the afternoon about four o'clock i um i was um pretty much done for the day so it was hot outside i take my hat off run my hand over over my head and get all the sweat off and as i'm running my hand down the back of my neck i feel this crunchy stuff on my fingers (laughs) like what is this? You know, I thought I, I thought I like gotten something from the brushes or something from the bushes. And, and I look at my hands and it looks like dried blood. I'm like, Oh, what did I like poke myself or something, you know, doing landscaping thorns or something. And I uh, pick a little bit more off. I'm like, what the hell this looks like dried blood. So I'm very, curious and I go home Claire gets home from her job and I'm like hey, hey can you uh, like look at the back of my neck here um, and so she does it's just holy shit you have a millimeter hole in the back of your neck like a perfect circular hole and that was like I wish I had pictures of it, you know, we didn't think to take pictures of it at the time. I don't know why, but, um, yeah. And then like, right then, like when she says uh, like, you've got a millimeter hole in the back of your neck, like that dream came back to me again. And <laughs> just like, come on. Oh no. So it was, Starting to bleed over into like, like the physical.
2: Right,
0: L- literally bleed.
1: Literally bleed. Yeah,
0: yeah. Is this whole dead center in the back of your neck, like uh, r- right below the hairline, kind of deal?
1: Yeah, dead center, exactly mm-hmm. where the clamp was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. Who knows? That could be stigmata you know me actually like taking that dream that experience in the energetic astral reality and turning it into physical form but i have no idea
0: okay so again claire is experiencing this trauma through you not experiencing it herself what happens what happens after this
1: um well, there's the impossible fly, and then there's the final boss fight. But wait, if wait, the, could...
0: the impossible fly and the what?
1: The final boss fight. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But if I could just like stick with this one, the okay. nurse, the 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 hole in the back of the neck. Okay. Um, two months later, I was. Uh, I had a job doing masonry, or I was just getting a new job doing doing stone masonry, and I was with this guy, and we got into a car accident. Um, We were stopped. There was a car in front of us, old station wagon, that was trying to pull over a double lane, double yellow and we stopped and the tree trimming truck with full trailer that was going 50, 60 K slammed into the back of us, Um, really wild experience. But I ended up getting some like physio time from the insurance. So I thought a massage would be really good because my neck hurt from the accident. Um, so I looked in the, wow, I actually looked in a book, the yellow pages, or the white pages at that time. Um, <laughs> so I looked in a book for a phone number <laughs> to see what massage places were, were available. And I picked this one, oh, Colmox Harbor massage. So, so I was like, okay, well that, you know, let's, let's go with that. I've never been there before. Uh call for appointment, have the appointment, show up. Um, and as soon as I walk through the doors, it's exactly the same as, as what the nurse brought me into. There's the desk. There's the curved desk with the stone in front of it. There's the stone kind of like chimney behind it. There's the picture window, Comox Estuary, Comox Glacier, and the two rooms. Okay, this is the weird thing she asked me which room I want. Like, <laughs> why wouldn't she just lead me into a room? What, is it, what does it matter to a, to a massage therapist, whether, you know, which room I want. Yeah. And weird. so she says, she, yeah, she says, Oh, which room do you want? Uh, and I point to the point of the second one. I'm like, not that one. <laughs> 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 but i i'm always i'm always curious to like you know what was in that room what would have happened if i was in that room but i was in room number one for my massage so yeah well were
0: you apprehensive to follow through the appointment given what happened in your dream
1: i was a little bit and i'm pretty sure i was a little more tense than usual (laughs) um i did i didn't enjoy the massage it was no no it was, uh, it was not a good massage, um, not in any reflection in negatively towards Car- Comox Harbor Massage. I'm sure you do a great job, but uh, it was just my circumstances there, so <laughs> I just want to make that note.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you have this moment there where, you, again, you have these abilities to predict through space and time, what events may occur down the road? And this, yeah, is, this yeah. is 2005. But the, now you're saying yeah. that this uh, latent ability to do this,
1: has this dwindled down over time? I think it's dwindled down since then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, since 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it very distinctly happening a lot of times prior to that but I mean there was that time uh you know it was only like three years ago I had that dream about the the little girl like reaching her hand through her her jaw and uh and then seeing the house after that that was a that was one of the big ones you know it it was kind of like yeah yeah you still got the shit dude so you know and I don't feel I don't feel that's in any relation to to the you know quote-unquote alien experiences Um, I just think it's something I've had for, you know, all of my life. So, well, at this point, are you feeling as
0: though this is alien?
1: Well, that's interesting. (laughs) That's a good question. I think I only felt it was alien because, um, they presented themselves to me like that at at first, right? Mm -hmm. With the, with the craft and the and and you know the the typical gray at the door and um yeah and the lights in the sky, you know, me being called out, you know, two, three in the morning and, and seeing this weird light that didn't, you know, move but didn't just hid behind a cloud, and never showed up again. So I was I was making these leaps. You know, it was pretty it was pretty young back then i didn't know much about this stuff uh especially the the weirder side of it um so yeah i was kind of making that leap back then All um right. but but i'm I'm not so sure anymore yeah.
0: okay and then you said something about a remarkable fly
1: oh the impossible fly yeah or
0: impossible
1: fly yeah. okay what what happened there Yeah, the impossible fly some uh Um, One of the nights I find myself sitting on the side of my bed, um, hands on my lap, um, totally paralyzed, you know, like just um, staring straight forward and this huge like wasp fly comes into view, It's probably like an inch and a half long. And I am actually a little allergic to wasps, um, uh, so I take great caution not to screw around with them. And I've been stung in the past, and and always swell up dramatically. So um, I don't know. It's like they're playing on my fears at this point. And you know, I'm I was doing landscaping at the time, and this is this is like late summer, so the wasps are kind of getting. You know, little, little aggressive, and this inch and a half like long fly wasp comes and like lands on my on my leg, and then like starts crawling up my leg, and I'm looking at it. I'm looking down at it. I've still got my head straight forward. I'm looking down at it, and I'm like, "Don't sting me! Don't 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 sting me!" And I get this like sense of like yeah no yeah it's gonna happen there but and like just plunge plunges its abdomen and stinger like right into my leg and boom boom you know and blackout until the next day um I wake up the next day I do remember that dream but I kind of catalog it as a dream you know and I'm just like fearful of these things and I'm just just making up dream stuff Um, and, uh, so at this point we're doing renovations on the house. Well, wait a second.
0: You wake up, you had, you just got stung in the dream state, but there's no swelling on your leg.
1: No, no, no. Okay. Okay. No, no. And I didn't think to check for any marks, Mm -hmm. which again, again is odd because I had had that hole in the back of my neck. Um, yeah, so we're doing some renovations at this point. Um, uh, I'm renovating the bathroom, uh, um, and my task that day is to replace the window uh, frame in in the washroom above the toilet. So I'm doing that. I'm standing above the toilet. It's probably like, you know, three thirty or four, and uh, and I'm. Um, getting the window frame done and all of a sudden this huge absolutely massive two inch horsefly flies into the zoo looked at me like pointed direct like looks at me like its eyes are like looking at me and, it's going, and I swear to Swear, man. Two inches long. And I freak out. I absolutely freak out. I scream. High-pitched scream. Like, not not man scream. (laughs) (laughs) Like, high-pitched scream. I scream because these fucking eyes are just looking at me. And I fall off the toilet Onto my ass, I scurry out of there. On my ass, um, close the door, and go to Claire's side of the bed and basically, like fetal position, for until Claire gets home. Claire gets home from work. You know, I think I I I'm there for like almost an hour. I think Claire gets home from work. She sees me like huddled by the, by the bed. She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, there was a fly, there was a fly. It was a goddamn fly, <laughs> and this is this is at the point where she's fed up with this. I'm fed up with this, and I couldn't explain what happened right to her I, or I didn't even bother her or whatever and uh and she just kind of looks at me, and she's like, Uh, okay, yeah, like you know more of this stuff, but um. Like after that, I, I did try to look up. Like, well, okay, well, is this a natural species that is around here? Like, we do have horse flies in British Columbia, Vancouver Island. Uh, what have we got? So, and I went as far as to emailing the University of British Columbia to see if you know they had any any info on this. And there's nothing like that around here. Like there's nothing like that. The biggest horsefly in the world, I think, is is like maybe inch and inch and a half long. And that's in Europe. I think it's a black horsefly or something. Nothing like that around here. So that's that was actually the most frightening, which is weird. It's the most that was the most frightening aspect of that entire two weeks was seeing that fly. And I'm not sure why that was. It was. It was those eyes, just those big eyes staring at me. Right. Yeah. Well, gray.
0: I mean, grays so, have big bug eyes, so.
1: Yeah, they do. They mm-hmm. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's more to the impossible fly story, but it happens much later. Uh, I think it happens 2015. Um, it kind of, kind of coalesces, and mm-hmm. I, I get this. I get this message that, Hey, yeah, we're still here. Um, but we can go into that after if you'd like. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, at this point I'm like solidly, solidly fed up with this. I'm, I'm absolutely bagged. I'm done. And, and the one night I'm just like, Nope, I'm done. I'm done. I do not want this anymore. Claire's sick of this. I'm sick of this. I'm done. So when I went to bed, <clears throat> I focused all my intent to let them know that I don't want this anymore. You are not welcome here. I don't want this anymore. And during the night, I don't even know what time it was, but whatever, I um, find myself in the paralytic stage and uh, or paralysis and um, I was like, okay, there's this, there's one of them in the kitchen. There's one of them in the kitchen, so I was possibly allowed to float up out of body because it was very, very easy. I'm like, so I soar up out of body and and fly into the kitchen, and there's a little boy standing there, probably about three feet tall but he doesn't look like a little boy. He looks like a, uh, looks like all business, all business, but you know, uh, kind of like the nurse, how she had this enlarged head, enlarged eyes, small features, um, you know, small limbs or skinny limbs. Uh, he was like, he was like that. He's just standing there in the middle of the kitchen and, um, when I say all business, he's in a business suit. So, but it's a small, small business suit. Like he's three foot high and he's got like, you know, a hair, black hair, that's kind of neatly parted on one side, huge eyes. And he's just looking at me and I fly up to him and I get the sense like, well, and at this point I'm so enraged and this is just so in such contrast to what it used to be like with me with out of bodies like it was just complete joy and carefreeness and here i am like just absolutely enraged and i just start wailing on this little dude just punching him in the head but it's like it's like punching like a tank or something, like like nothing's getting through. I'm just like bam 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 over and over and over again. And he's just he's just standing there. He's like impervious to to my to my punching. And uh and I get the sense of it, it's like well you had the you had the choice the whole time. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, so maybe you know, maybe I called this stuff.
0: Well, wait, how do you interpret that? Initially. Uh, how do you interpret that as far as you have the choice the
1: whole time? Um, I, yeah. I mean, they gave me a choice in the beginning. You know, can we come in?
2: And
0: I'm like, right. Sure. Sure. But do you feel that way in the waking world? Do you feel like that was where you were personality-wise, inviting a mystery like the Greys into your life? Do you, uh, is that something you regret?
1: Not at all. No, no, no. Even though it was like intensely traumatic, not at all. I mean, holy shit. Like, Talk about one of the most fascinating experiences I've ever been through and and mm. reality breaking right like like talk about like fostering a new awareness of 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 the world of, of reality um and the possibilities
0: right but it's fracturing uh, things around you too i mean it, this is incredibly difficult on your marriage at this time
1: oh it, it wasn't too bad like it was just a couple you know it was just a week of, of stress between me and Claire, you know? Okay. And, and we, you know, we were, uh, we were the kind of couple that, uh, that would get past those things pretty easy. Yeah. You know? So. Okay. It's just because of we were. it's just because we were so freaking tired all mm-hmm. the time. You know, uh, there's something to be said about a good night's sleep for sure. And uh, if you, you know, sleep, depri- sleep deprivation, too many, too many nights in a row, right? And really, right. really screw you up. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: So, what measures are you taking to protect yourself? besides trying to stay up all night.
1: Uh, back then, yeah. Uh, I did. I wasn't. I didn't really know any protection stuff back then. Mm-hmm. I do now, but uh, but back then, I I really didn't you know, I was a, I was a noob. No, this was, this was all new to me. This was all new to me. And, and like I, like I said, reality breaking. So Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, as well as being sleep deprived, I was, I was in this like state where, um, it was fracking my awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Whatever, whatever, whatever these, these beings are, they're, They
0: were, yeah. Well, being sleep deprived and feeling, you know, experiencing all these things while you're sleep deprived, was there a moment where you felt like you were kind of mentally collapsing?
1: No, 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 I don't think so. No, it, it, like I knew this stuff was happening and I, I, I was, I was holding my mental faculties mm-hmm. for sure. Um, it was just—it was just so intense and so traumatic mm-hmm. that uh, you know it was—it was having a—it was definitely having a negative impact on on daily life, on waking life. You
0: know? Okay, so what happened after the? Uh, you said there was another moment after the the fly.
1: Oh, yeah, The Impossible Fly Returns. <laughs> impossible Fly, part two. <laughs> um, 2015, um, my little sister and her, uh, my nephews were down from um, uh, Tariff. And I wanted to do something cool with uh, with my nephews, so I decided to take them to uh, the Trent River and look for fossils. That's good. Foxville hunting ground so we bought a couple of hammers and, and we took them out there and we're just having a great day uh, nice sunny day Trent River is beautiful um, we're picking at rocks and at one point uh, I'm by myself um, my sister and nephews are just up river and I hear this like <laughs> behind me and i look and i turn around and there's this two inch friggin horsefly on its back struggling like right behind me like two feet whoa and at this point i didn't really i didn't clue in to 2005 experiences i'm just like holy shit that's a big fly so i put my rock hammer on it right or or no, I gave the I gave the the kids the rock hand the actual rock hammers, but I, I was just using a regular hammer, and I put my hammer on it, and I guess the hammer, not the handle, but where where the handle connects to the head, is about um, three quarters of an inch, you know, steel. So I put my I just want to like check this out, so I like put my put the, that part of the hammer over this fly just to like look at it and it's sticking out like half an inch on each side right and i'm like holy shit hey i'm like shut up know kids get over here this is like wild i've never seen one of these. what the hell is this and we're all looking at it and kids are like ew, ew. and uh i was like okay well you know and i lift the hammer up and it kind of like gets up and just flies away goes down the river so yeah two inch horse fly they don't they don't exist especially around here Um, but one just happens to like fly down the river land behind me and then get up and take off Mm-hmm. Um, so we spent about another half hour there And then I decided to drop them off at my mom's. Um, and on going to my mom's, There's a very like sharp acute corner That you have to slow down like really You, know, you have to basically go like You know 10 kilometers an hour um, Around this corner And I had a right hand drive vehicle at the time so I was in the right-hand seat. Uh, my sister's in the, uh, the left-hand seat, and she's talking to me. And so I take this very acute corner very slowly. And there's one car, and then there's two cars. The second car is, or the second vehicle is a um, like a 1990s uh, Toyota truck, silver, um, uh, extra cab. I totally remember. Yeah, Pro mirrors. I can see it. And as I'm passing this vehicle, I notice, because I'm kind of looking at Chantel, like when I'm when I'm talking to her, I notice this dude in the in the driver's seat of the Toyota. And he's got both hands on the wheel, ten and two, and he's just staring at me. Absolutely like locked eyes. And As I drive by, his eyes do not break with mine. And it's almost like his head was on like a little swivel, you know. But one thing I noticed is that his eyes were completely black, completely black. And it wasn't a trick of the light. I knew this. And uh, I felt the most intense, like, fear as I, like, passed him. I was like, "Holy shit, holy shit!" Chantel, did you see that? You see that guy? She didn't see him because she was looking at me. I'm like, "That dude had like completely black eyes," and she's like, "Oh, whatever." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no! You you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he had completely black eyes, and he was like locked eyes with me. Yeah. So, and yeah, I felt like that fear that other people f- feel when they see these, uh, black eyed mm-hmm. entities, beings, children, you know, women, men, whatever. So that was, uh, that was a little like, because if it wasn't for the black eyed person there, I would have written off the fly. I would have been like, Oh yeah, that was a odd fly, whatever. Uh, yeah. I know what you're getting but, at. You're talking was, about, because, yeah, right. Yeah, because I saw the black-eyed uh, being, black-eyed man, mm-hmm. um, I connected, the I I made the connection. Oh, my God, the fly. Oh, my God, the impossible fly. Oh, the eyes, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, we've
0: spoken about Sorry. that before, how there's this tip of the hat, uh, almost, did you appreciate the work I did earlier? And then they just kind of tip their hat, like, you know, as an acknowledgement.
1: Uh, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or it's just like, hey, you know what? Yeah, we're still here. We're still here. As much as you think we're not, and you kind of, like, sent us on our way, you know, we're still around.
0: So you have these marks on you. Do you have uh, any reason to believe that those marks have to do with your experiences?
1: Um, Which marks? The... Well you said
0: that the, you want to talk about it later that you you have I think you said several marks on you do you feel like you have implants as well
1: Um well I don't think I do have an implant I I don't know Do you I want to say, know? I can't I can't say one way or another Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't really, I don't really give a shit, whatever. If there's an implant, in me, mean, you know, I don't know, whatever. But Maybe I did it. go to the dentist. I did go to the dentist, like, uh, I don't know, like, what was that? Four years ago. And it got x-rays mm-hmm. and, uh, and I was very disappointed because they did the whole, like, they did almost a three hundred and sixty around my head. Right. And, uh, I wanted to see like the back of my head to see if there was like any. Any stuff back there? I was like, "Ah, oh, no, you didn't sweep the back of my head. I can't see if there's an implant there." <laughs> uh, but uh, the dentist actually said, "Oh, there's this one weird anomaly in your in your lower right molar in the back molar. It's like a it looked like a a little grain of rice, mm-hmm. like a dark on the X-ray. It looked like a little grain of rice in my in my back molar." and uh he's like i i have no idea what this is because there's no cracks in your molar or like there's there's nothing and i was like oh well you know that's probably the alien implants wink wink <laughs> he did not that he did not find that funny he just, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <laughs> maybe there's an implant in my molar i have no idea
0: in the area you live where most of these experiences happened here in 2005, were there any reports, uh, you know, via the newspaper or TV or MUFON regarding other people that had
1: experiences? Um, I checked in briefly with the Vancouver Island um, uh, website I. You know, there was sighting of uh, uh, lights, lights in the sky, but uh, no, I never really, never really heard anything about other people being, you know, having close close
0: experiences. So, did you get any kind of physical evidence out of this at all, Alex? Did you walk away with? anything tangible besides the hole in your
1: neck i did not no no and had i had i thought about it at the time i would have kept that fly when i had it pinned down by the hammer right mm-hmm. you know and that might have been some kind of evidence but uh no i don't have anything it's just i have stories. And these are these are my stories. These these this is what happened to me. So,
2: you
1: know. Well, I mean, you
0: you have uh, more than stories. I mean, you have detailed memories over things, and you're trying to suss out what is the dream state and what is reality. I don't know. Have you ever been interested in trying to suss those out through regression?
1: No, I don't want to do. I I thought about that once. Um, but, uh, the more I looked into hypnotic regression, the more I steered away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? uh, there's just too many stories of it. Coloring, coloring the experience, um, providing memories that aren't actually memories. So I, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather figure, I'd rather, I'd rather find those on my own. I'd, I'd rather find those on my own.
2: And, and, and right.
1: I know that I know that someday they're, they're all locked in there. I know mm-hmm. they are. They're all in there and they're kind of waiting to be discovered. So mm-hmm. I don't know whether I, you know, maybe it's just I need to reach a certain point of awareness um, to, to access them or, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, really go through the trauma and sort through the trauma and accept the trauma and 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 allow the trauma to pass uh, and then you know'll i 'll uncover i 'll uncover some other things regarding that
0: but yet you wouldn 't trade this experience in for anything you call it trauma, there was no way to really protect yourself from the trauma as as it was happening, but because you got a peek at something behind the veil here in one of these secret schools, you do it all over again. Yeah, I would. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you can, you can understand how that, go ahead.
1: I know. I, I I hear that from a lot of people, Mm -hmm. you know, it was the most traumatic thing I've ever been through, but you know, would you, do you want more? (laughs) uh yeah i kind of want more i kind of want to yeah i really want to go out and see sasquatch again or i really want to you know yeah yeah we should we should let people
0: let people know that this is only the beginning of a whole host of other experiences that are probably just as equally traumatic
1: yeah in terms of uh, me
0: yeah I mean, you, you, mean? you, yeah, you. This is we've only touched upon one level of your experiences. Right. Yeah, right,
1: right, right. Um, I don't fear as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I've got, I've got, my, I've got my toolkit. I've got, uh, I've got confidence in experience. Um, and I really don't, I really don't fear anymore. Um, yes, I do have this locked away trauma that, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to have to deal with at some point. Um, like, you know, so many people do, but, uh, you know, w- when I come across, uh, an experience now, um, mm-hmm. I, c- I come out, I come at it with my toolkit. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't, you know, if I want to experience it, then I will, you know, look at it further. Mm-hmm. But if it's, you know, something like a shadow being like trying to like, you know, mm. do whatever they do, you know, to try and induce fear in me. And I'm just like, you know, fuck off, buddy. No, no, you're not having that. I'm not having this. No, go away. So, so
0: we're talking shadow beings, Sasquatch. What else? Go, go oh. down the, the mugshot lineup of, of characters that we're talking <laughs> talking about.
1: <laughs> oh well possible Sasquatch. We don't know if that was Sasquatch. It could have been mm-hmm. the little people. Could have been a witch. Um I I term it the Sasquatch. <laughs> um yeah, it's uh that's a whole other story. Um yeah, the Shadow Beings a couple times. Um oh, I've had some crazy shit. Uh um exploring uh inner journeys doing inner journeying uh that was that was quite intense um Claire and I had this encounter with this one energetic entity uh when we were first looking for a place and that continued whoa all the way up until 2015 um we both had multiple encounters with it and then I started um getting more into it and being more curious and yeah, that turned out to be pretty pretty frickin' interesting. Uh and I still can't wrap my head around why it chose uh, maybe it chose to disguise itself in that, you know, Lovecraftian mask. I have no idea. Um uh what else? Uh what oh, about ha- time slip? Uh, time slips, hauntings. Yeah, and, uh, time yeah. slips. Time slips. Time travel. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Polter, poltergeist activity.
1: Yep. Yeah. Poltergeist activity. Yep. Um, yeah. I've had stuff. You know, I'd just be sitting there writing to someone. This wasn't too long ago. Maybe year and a half ago. Uh, just sitting at the dining room table writing to someone uh about a experience i remember that i don't remember what the experience was and then like this oh my headlamp that's what it was my headlamp just like popped off the table just like there was this audible like bang and my headlamp just like shot off the table and like went back down nothing to do with the batteries <laughs> i checked
0: you know yeah what about encounters uh, with uh, owls? Hmm. No.
1: Nothing no. There. All my owls have been. All my owls have been owls. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Manted type beings at all? Any any insect or reptilian no. type things? Nothing like
1: that. No, nothing like that. No. Mm-hmm. How about mm. bad bad luck? Hmm. Bad luck. Yeah. Well, I I would, I can say bad luck, but I know it's not bad luck. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it's, I know it's me going through, uh, vicious energetic cycles that just keep on popping up, popping up, popping up. And until I deal with the, with the, uh, with the energy behind those cycles and the, and the, the origin Mm -hmm. of those cycles, um, then, uh, then they're just going to keep continuing. But I've had some great, great experiences of uh, and great insights mm-hmm. into into breaking these cycles and finding out that uh, yeah, yeah, that uh, the the cycles that uh, were induced by this trauma as mm-hmm. a kid, well, that that actually wasn't your trauma. You're an empath. You soaked up somebody else's trauma mm-hmm. very close to you. And held it as your own um, for most of your life. And guess what? That affected most of your relationships, pretty much all of your relationships. And now that I broke that cycle, my relationships are completely different. So, and much more, you know, positive.
0: What about angels? Have you ever had a visit from something that seemed like it was angelic? No. 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 Okay. No. And, of co- and of course, you've seen the lights in the woods. Yeah. Right.
1: Well, I haven't seen the lights in the woods.
0: I've seen them in the sky. Mm -hmm. But nothing, nothing down in the tree line.
1: No, no. And I was expecting to see, you know, yeah, Tim asked that as well. Did you see Mm -hmm. any lights in the woods in Hope? And, uh, I was definitely expecting to see lights there, but, uh, no, we only had like, just the most bizarre. Well, I mean, we had vocals and smells and, you know, Uh, well, and that witch, you know, witch woman and 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 Colin got chased through the woods and then all those mm. crazy, crazy frickin' noises at the end of the night. Um which you would assume if there's railroad workers there doing work on a railroad, which is kind of what it sounded like. There'd be lights. You know, it's only three hundred feet away. You can see the railroad. So but there was no lights, which Perplex me. Mhm. Yeah. Wow. I would love to see an orb though. I'd love to see the orbs. I think that'd be that'd be awesome.
0: Before we went on air, you said things had uh kind of started to occur. New things started to happen. Do you feel like you're kind of at the beginning of a new cycle of the paranormal? Yeah. Kind of yeah, I definitely. New... I def-
1: okay. I definitely feel that. Yeah yeah well i'm i'm getting more immersed i'm immersing myself more in it now um in uh in looking at it, in 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 and especially making connections and contacts right mm. um which seem to be producing some really interesting stuff like uh like i've had several very odd synchronicities with um uh, with uh with tim renner um with uh with the podcast i did uh with him uh that were very very like wow like he says wow like wow this just happened and you just sent me this holy shit um i don't i still don't know what they mean but they're there um so yeah i'm i i guess the you know the the thing i can really take from this and, I, and I, I'm going back to that whole holistic notion is that everything is connected um, and that is one of the things that I really enjoy about looking at this phenomenon is looking at the connections and how the connections seem to kind of come alive um, you know especially between between people who experience the same things, people who are looking into the same things. Um, it's a fascinating web that uh, if you choose to, choose to, you know, notice it, it's, it's very noticeable. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. And so we need to tell people a little bit about
0: what you do as a side business. Cause if people don't know that, you're an amazing artist, they should know. And you, oh, work, you. you work your ass off as a self-employed artisan that works with driftwood and you do these amazing uh, hand sculptures. Um, you know They're just, uh, they're lifelike beyond belief. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go check out uh, Alex's website here. Tell them a little bit how people get, can get in touch with you and look up some of your work
1: okay well website is being uh, redone right now um uh should be up in a month uh drifted creations um art.com I mm-hmm. that's what it's called um you can check uh all of my work out on facebook and instagram uh, facebook uh, drifted creations vancouver island and instagram drifted creations that's drifted uh d-r-i-f-t-e-d um most people kind of uh you know lapse i say drifted creations and they say oh driftwood creations. like no no driftwood drifted creation <laughs> okay So they automatically go there so it is drifted creations um yeah um i'm getting you know uh this next year i'm getting a lot more um into the uh, paranormal themes i have done in the eight foot Sasquatch on Quadra Island, which, uh, is, is, uh, is pretty popular around here. Um, but, uh, things are merging. So, uh, you know, the wildlife, I have been doing a lot of driftwood wildlife because that's very popular, uh, in terms of commission work, but, uh, I'm really gonna start focusing on merging, uh, my interest in, uh, in, the phenomenon and uh, and my drift would work right yeah that in fact the experiment that we were
0: talking about uh earlier maybe just going out into nature and putting something together of found found o- objects you know natural found yeah. objects
1: to see yeah, what happens exactly.
0: that could be yeah. interesting
1: yeah that could be very interesting and yeah like like we were saying like uh i think that'd be uh, a really interesting experiment to do uh when i'm down in washington there yeah 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 um yeah well we'll
0: we'll let people know more about that next year and see what we can pull off but we're both makers and we enjoy doing it and uh your bigfoot actually is if people haven't seen the sasquatch i just encourage you to just hop on google and type in drifted creations bigfoot or sasquatch and i'm sure it'll pop right up but you do a nice 360 uh, gimbal pan of the beautiful sasquatch there so it's a it's an elegant piece it's hard to describe but uh, it's life-size lifelike and how do you take driftwood pieces off the beach and make a lifelike sculpture well you have to go see it for yourself it turns out that driftwood <laughs> actually has a lot of beautiful curves and natural curves at that that kind of look like muscle and tissue and bone and uh, so you yep. you took advantage of nature in that way and it it really it's something remarkable
1: yeah thanks thanks yeah. Uh, it's a very 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 satisfying and uh tactile medium to work with and uh and totally random right Mm-hmm. You never know what you're gonna get. Yeah.
0: No. All right. Well, I thank you for uh, talking to me and telling everybody uh, your story here. And um, I oh, thank bo- you. Thank
1: I'll you.
0: Probably be talking again in the future, but um, yep. anyway, I appreciate it, man. And you have a good evening.
1: You have a good e- evening too, Top. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Ray.
0: Again, thank you to Alex for coming on, telling his story. All right, we need to get a little business out of the way here. Again, you can go on to redcircle.com and find us there at strangebrow.com. This will be our last upload to Podbean. I don't think we will have a way to upload it after this. So if you want to subscribe, go to redcircle.com and look us up, or YouTube. I'm doing my best to get all the archive stuff up. I think we're... Maybe 10 episodes shy of where we are now So this is episode 39 I think we're around 27 or 29 We're getting there Um, So we'll catch up here soon enough Hopefully in the next week Meanwhile, if you want extra shows I'd love to give them to you The best way to do it is go on to Patreon.com We can't do this show without a little love And the best way to show that is a financial contribution of a small amount. If you want extra content, you can do that. There's two different levels. There's the extra level and the reserve level. And extra podcast once a month, maybe twice a month, maybe three times a month. We'll get them out there. And then the reserve level, which is six bucks a month. That'll be your chance for video content, audio content. And what do I mean by audio content? I mean out in the field uh, we'll be doing some stuff. And the video content should be pretty exciting because a lot of the stuff coming up at Manresa Castle are going to be hard for a lot of people from all over the world. I understand that to get to a castle in Port Townsend. But now's your chance to uh, virtually get there. And so we'll have uh, video footage of... Our live podcast we call PodCastle Live at Manresa Castle A totally haunted castle I haven't really talked that much about How haunted it is I haven't experienced it But we're going to October 25th from 7 to 11 If you heard my commercial I have a minute So uh, check out Patreon That's uh, patreon.com Forward slash Radio. And if you want to contribute, that would be fantastic. All right, that's it for me. I hope you all are having a wonderful, wonderful October. It's a full moon tonight. I guess it's only appropriate to say I will see you in the trees.